The epistle is written in the third chapter of St. Paul's epistle to the Thessalonians, beginning to read at the ninth verse. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else, just as ours does for you. May he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And the gospel reading this morning is taken from Luke chapter 21. We're going to begin at verse 25. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. He told them this parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness and the anxieties of life that, and that day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap for it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Father, be with us now. Please open up our hearts and minds to hear what you would have to say to us all. Amen. The verse I want us to take away from uh, this place this morning is verse 33 of chapter 21, in fact. And it's the words of Jesus, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. What I'd like to do is have a little look at the context uh, that those words were spoken in. And appropriately enough, given the way we started our service this morning, they were spoken in the middle of a building extension project, one that had been going on actually for decades um, and was still continuing. And we'll get to that in a moment. What's actually happening here in this chapter? Jesus is in Jerusalem for the final time. 
His earthly ministry has been leading up to this point, and his time is now very limited. And every day he sits with his disciples, and no doubt many others, both friends and enemies, those that would do him harm, at the heart, the beating heart of Jerusalem, which is the temple, the place uh, where the Israelites center their faith and their very identity in many ways. And in the midst of the mayhem that would have been going on in the temple at the time, he sits and preaches. To give you an idea, the temple at Passover time in this period uh, would have been, um, well, let's put it like this. The normal population of Jerusalem at that time was between 25 and 30,000. At this moment, when Jesus is sitting there, it would have been somewhere around, at a conservative estimate, between 180 and 200,000. That was the number of people that would have come into the city for the Passover. And one of the reasons they came was the building that they were sitting in, the temple. So, if you like, Jesus is sitting in the middle of the equivalent of Waterloo Station at rush hour at Christmas time, and he's sitting in the middle of the concourse holding a seminar on working from home. So this is what's going on. There's crowds rushing around, a lot of activity, and he is quietly teaching those around him. And then in verse 5 of this chapter, we read that there is a comment from some of the disciples about the beauty and holiness of the place they are in, the temple where they are sitting. And it was indeed an extraordinary building. It had been started in about a, a BC 20 by Herod as a vanity project. It wasn't uh, the Solomon's temple that had been destroyed by the Babylonians and the new one had been built over the years. And when Herod came to power, he was put in power by the Romans and his power was pretty tenuous and to consolidate it, one of the things he decided to do was to rebuild the temple and make it a magnificent structure. But it was a vanity project. It was a political project, if you like. And as he built, people got to hear about it and came. And so this temple had become one of the wonders of the Near East. Jesus seizes on this comment and he takes that comment and he makes both a shattering prophecy and then an utterly profound comment on the very nature of the universe. So he responds to these comments about the temple by saying, actually, the future of the temple, in verse 6, is limited. And he takes them from there to the capture and destruction of Jerusalem, which he talks about in verses 20 to 24, and then he lifts the horizon, lifts their heads from that, from local destruction to global renewal. And that is where we started our reading this morning at verse 25. The world, says Jesus, is going to suffer. And the people, including his people, are going to suffer too. That's verses 10 to 24. So he specifically prophesies the siege and destruction of Jerusalem, which happened in AD 70. And then more generally and universally, the torment of creation. The whole of creation will be in torment. The sun, the moon. But then he lifts the heads of his listeners again and offers a promise for the ultimate future. The kingdom of God is going to be ushered in on earth 
verse 27, by the returning of the Son of Man, God incarnate. And there's this beautiful little picture, as surely as the sprouting of the leaves on a tree, as surely as that sprouting promises summer, so future suffering heralds the glorious institution of the heavenly kingdom on earth. And how can we trust for this future? How can we trust when all created things, even the earth itself, is prey to decay and destruction? How can we trust? Because our verse, verse 33, the word, the logos of God incarnate in the words of Jesus is indestructible. It stands outside time. So Jesus is actually doing something incredible here. He's revealing one of the essentials, the nature of the universe. All is perishable. All is corrupt. All is bound by time. All will pass away except, except God's word, God's truth. Look, he is saying to his disciples and his listeners, take these stones, look at these stones that surround us. And they were amazing, by the way. Each of the base stones of this temple is estimated was about 40 foot long by about 20 foot deep by about 13 foot high, if you can imagine that block. They were fastened together with iron claws set into the stone invisibly on the inside. This was an extraordinary building. He's saying, look at these. They're impermanent. They will be destroyed very soon. Compare that with the permanence of my words. If you are to build your life, he is telling his disciples, then build on the words that are eternal, not these stones. They're going to be destroyed. As we approach our extension building, it is so helpful, I think, to remember what we're doing here. This is about not a building, actually. It's about an essential work of expressing these eternal words, the words of God's truth. What we do in this extension is not building a temple, but taking this truth and making it real in our community. And that's the message for us now too as individuals. As we build our lives, our lives have to be built on God's truth, God's words. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words will never pass away. Amen.